Hello and welcome to the Nano Nano Film Improv Podcast. I'm Dave Heron. This podcast is about my trials and tribulations associated with improv comedy and doing it, performing it, rehearsing it. So this is really a cathartic outpouring of the things that I've learned, the things that I'm struggling with, and an opportunity to share with you uh, and hear from you also some of the things that have worked for you. And equally, there'll be some things on this podcast that you have tried that don't work for you. It's all very subjective. My experience level is, well, I've had a few years experience doing improv. I've talked a bit of improv. I've performed with a whole range of exciting and talented improvisers and, and learnt from sets that have gone well and sets that haven't gone well. And this is all part of an evolution for me as well. So you're very welcome in joining me on this podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about pleasing to the eye. This is me as an audience member with a very, very low attention span and finding myself at times wishing there was something physical on stage happening that was visually stimulating. Now, I'm not saying that everyone is like that. I think that could be just me. But the kind of things I like to see on stage are obviously quick wit, obviously reactions. But also, I like to see the improvisers staging on uh, a stage. Oh dear, there's some good vernacular there. I like to see the improvisers doing different things on stage that I would find visually stimulating. So there's a number of things. And the main thing I really wanted to get onto, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, is neutral distance. But before we do, there's obviously things like object work. Now, there are numerous podcasts and books about how to do object work, and I'm not going to cover those there. But probably one or two things I would say about it are using object work to make it, as I say, more visually pleasing to the audience. Now, that doesn't mean the focus should be about the object work, and I'm sure a lot of teachers talk about, through training and rehearsals and courses, talk about not focusing on what you're actually physically doing. Some instances, I have been guilty of trying to solve the physical thing that I'm actually doing. So a couple of times I've been involved with scenes about knitting or fixing a car. And my attention has in the past been very much focused about finishing that. But of course, it doesn't exist. It's all make-believe. So finishing a crossword puzzle or finishing reading a paragraph in a make-believe magazine makes no difference whatsoever. But actually doing the object work itself is very visually stimulating for an audience if done well. The physical characterization of improvisers as well is also very visually stimulating. Having a character come on, pulling a massive sack of potatoes is in itself quite interesting to watch. Equally, a stiff, upright type of character with a shrill voice to match it can also be very interesting to watch as well. Something that differs from the norm of talking heads, which is basically where you have two improvisers on stage, not doing very much, but just talking to each other. So that's physical characterization. And that I'm probably sure I will continue talking about in another podcast. And it's been done to death elsewhere as well. Probably much better improvisers and teachers than me. And then finally, it's the positioning on stage. And this is the bit that I really wanted to kind of get to. When you think about real theater using inverted commas, so scripted theater, Directors work on positioning on stage all the time. They are positioning their actors. You know, film directors do the same when they have their marks on the floor where actors come into focus and out of focus. 
this is done all the time. It's it's a staple of scripted theatre and film. And it should be the same, in my opinion, with improv as well. So you're not blocking other characters from the audience, so standing in their way. You're not talking over other people. It looks visually pleasing when you have different improvisers in different positions on the stage, reflecting maybe their position or dominance. Certainly, Mick Napier's book, Improvise, talks about this, where he describes a setup with different improvisers on stage, all doing very different things, and tries to ascertain where the dominant energy is. It's really important to be mindful of, of your other improvisers on stage, I think. And every time I'm on, I, I've caught myself sometimes maybe talking over somebody or maybe blocking somebody from the audience inadvertently. So I do try and be mindful of where I am, almost as though it were scripted and it were staged and though a director had put us in these places. And this brings me to the neutral distance between characters dilemma. Now, a neutral distance is around about two metres between two improvisers who are standing facing each other talking. It's difficult to ascertain exactly what their relationship is, even if that relationship has been told to you beforehand, because the distance between them is neither close nor far away. So you can't understand sometimes as an audience member exactly the nature of their relationship. Now, I know there's a need to think about other people's boundaries. So what I'm definitely not saying is improvisers need to be on top of each other, far from it. And that's something that needs to be agreed before any improvisers go on stage is understanding people's boundaries at that point in time, because of course they do change. This isn't about that. This is about nullifying that neutral distance, which doesn't give any indication on the nature of the relationship between the two characters. So if I think about some of the relationships that I've been in on stage as an improviser, a few come to mind where I haven't done it right and I have had a neutral distance between them. So if I take the first one quite common, I've certainly been in, is uh, husband and wife or husband and husband, wife and wife. Too many times I've done a set where I have neither been close to that person to reflect our close relationship or been very far away from them to reflect some dissonance in the partner's relationship. What I've done is I've stood at about two metres and talked to my husband, wife or partner. And that doesn't tell the audience very much. If anything, it probably lets the audience know that you're not comfortable being any closer or further away from that person. It doesn't tell them the nature of the relationship. I've done another scene before where I was a, a child with a parent. Uh, a fellow improviser was the parent in the relationship. Another scene I've done is where I was a child and the, another improviser was a parent. And in this situation, I do remember it. The only thing I did to reflect the fact that I was just a child was be on my knees just to change the height status. Yes, I was closer, so the neutral distance wasn't about two metres, but the neutral distance was probably about one metre. But did it truly reflect the relationship between a child and a parent? And in this particular scene, I was, I was in a supermarket. Uh, that was the location uh, rather than in real life. I was in a supermarket and I was a nervous child. So when I look back on the video that had been taken afterwards, I saw myself and I thought, actually, does that tell the audience the true nature of my relationship with my parent 
And does it tell the audience my thinking as a child at that time? I was supposed to be a nervous child, but I was a meter away from my parent. In hindsight, probably I should have been holding on to my parent's hand or holding on to my parent's shirt, probably even tucked behind my parent in a sort of shy manner, very close to them, almost using the parent as a shield. But I didn't do that. I think distance is a true indicator of the nature of the relationship in any type of relationship you have between characters. Goodness, you could have a knife and fork. Yeah, sure, a knife and fork can be placed at a neutral distance. But at some point, if you've got good manners like me, at the end of your meal, you put the knife and fork together. So even there, when you have inanimate objects, you can still create a distance between the two improvisers that reflects the relationship between the two characters. So this is something that I'm still struggling to get to grips with and do more often. Too many scenes where I have a close relationship with the other character, but my distance doesn't reflect that. So that's something I'm really going to try and reflect on myself. So that was Pleasing to the Eye podcast for this session. Hopefully you found that interesting. If you've got any thoughts or comments, particularly if you disagree, I'm very keen to hear them because clearly this is a subjective and non-science related approach. So I'm very keen to hear what sort of things work for you and what don't. So thanks very much for listening to this podcast and I'll catch you in the next one.